Hey everybody, Thomas here to give you a quick update from iCast Fireball. I say I'm giving you all an update, but I mainly just want to give a big ol' thank you to everyone that has been following along and listening to our show. Over this past month, you all have surprised us and helped us get over 1,200 downloads for the month of January. This was by far the most downloads we've ever had up to this point and is quite literally thanks to all of you. There is a lot of excitement over here at ICF as a result of this, and it's caused us to dream bigger than we ever dared dream. At our core, the cast of ICF are all storytellers, and there are more stories that we'd like to share beyond this campaign. But of course, more stories means more work, and we're already pushing Mickey hard enough with the editing. Like many of our own favorite podcasts, we've been considering launching a Patreon account, which would give us the juice we need to provide more content for our wonderful fans. But before we jump in headfirst, we'd like to see if there's enough interest to justify taking this big step. So, for the next two months, we will be taking a poll that will help drive and shape the future of iCast Fireball. Now you can participate in this poll in two different ways. The first way is to contribute to our Kofi account. Kofi is a free-to-use and feedless online donation service that allows you to tip creators directly without part of your donation being taken by the website itself. As I mentioned, we will mainly be using this as a poll, so even giving the minimum donation amount is a strong indicator to us on how much you would like new material from ICF and if starting a Patreon would be a viable next step for us. Our Kofi account will be in the episode description. The second way you can contribute is by reaching out to us at our email, icastfireball2020 at gmail.com, or tagging us on social media using the hashtag icastfireball. We would love to hear any suggestions you have or preferences of what stories you would like to see told. Again, this poll will take place over the next two months, so let us know what you think during that time to help us shape the future of iCast Fireball. As always, thank you for lending us your ear, and on with the show! Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of iCast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. Fleeple. Montaragunamin. And Breck. All right, Caleb and Heather, thanks for joining us again on this week's episode of that climatic moment that we ended on in our last episode. But before we jump into this, let's figure out where we left our adventurers last. Our adventurers had just arrived to Candlekeep Library, where they were immediately charged with a mission from Leosin to retrieve a member of his organization, the Harpers, who has been trapped inside of a storybook. Now, after learning very briefly about this individual Vargan, they realized they would need to stab him in the heart with a consecrated dagger to undo the curse that had been placed upon him originally. After being thrust into the book, the Jank Squad came upon some other adventurers, a blonde-haired dwarf, Brick, and a gigantic minotaur, Mortar, who had been trapped accidentally for almost 200 years inside of the book. After a short conversation, some musical numbers, and a creepy and annoying narrator, Terry Ann, everyone was led to the manor where, by the power of the dagger, they were able to gain admittance inside. With a party in full swing and a disgruntled butler greeting them at the entrance, they caught their first glimpse of Vargan, while at the same time also catching sight of a blue, floating, and pompous beholder 
staring right at them through the massive double doors. And that is where we join into this week's adventure. So, as I previously stated, you all are in the main entrance to the manor. Uh, The butler had just barely left you to go alert your presence to Vargan, where this massive blue beholder had floated over to him and looked at your direction. After greeting you, the beholder said, Welcome to my domain. And then after saying that, he just casually turns to the side and starts chatting with some of the individuals in the ballroom. It seems that his attention was briefly interrupted by your arrival, but then he seemed to be greeting the guests, discussing things with them, and laughing as much as a beholder can laugh. And for a brief moment, you are just all left at the entrance of this manor. Now, what would you like to do with this information here? Morty, that's him. It's the voice. It is... Chosen ones, you are here to help defeat him! What the hell is that? Listen, we've only ever heard his voice, we've never seen him. It's all different because of you, especially your little kobold friend here. The chosen one I think you are, the mother has chosen you. I'm distracted looking over at Vargan at this point. And I'm, like, anxiously fiddling around with that dagger as I try to come up with an idea in my little lizard brain. Wait, Brick, uh, Fleeple knows your mother? All of us know the mother in some way, shape, or form. I've never met your mother. I don't know. I don't know who she is. Who is, who is your mother? <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you asked. I'm starting to regret that I did. The Thunder, The mother... Of all renewal and birth, she is what makes you sit right in your heart. And if you come unto her, you will feel better. Oh, okay. You're you're a cult. Okay, good to know. Okay, great. We just the escaped. Goddess the of life. <laughs> Listen, Morty and I did some pretty bad things a long time ago, and um. <clears throat> Well, to make up for those crimes, we decided to worship her. And she's brought a lot of peace into my life, let me tell you that. She can help you too. This is true. Can she kill that thing? So, happy in the goddess of life, I mean, it's not really her thing. But, I mean, she has granted us some powers that I think could be, uh... Could probably be of some service if we do go into a, a kerfuffle with that thing. While this conversation is occurring, uh, Fleeple, you're staring at Vargan in the ballroom there. Let me go ahead and describe a little bit further your surroundings and what you do see into the ballroom while uh, this discussion is happening. Because no one is interrupting you. And no one. Uh, once the butler had seemed to, uh, went away, it seems that he just forgot about you. And so immediately in your surroundings, you're standing on a very fine rug. And there are some paintings dispersed throughout this main waiting area. All of these paintings seem to depict Vargan in some point of his life. Some are as him as a child. Some of them are him slaying a gigantic giant. Some are him wielding magic against a lich lord, while others are him just 
playing his lute for a, a wide audience. There are a number of doors in this main chamber here, and in particular, there's roughly three doors and a ascending staircase that goes up to a second floor right off to your left on the west side of the manor. As I mentioned, the double doors leading into the ballroom are open, right next to them being two suits of armor. But as you look through, there seem to be a good 30 townsfolk in the room, standing around Vargan and this beholder, all in a joyful, mirthful attitude. Vargan seems to be holding a drink, and you can't hear, it's just a din of uh, conversation and actually music that you can hear in the background as well. And he seems to say something which causes an uproar in the chamber, and then immediately afterwards the beholder chimes in with something as well, and uh, the audience erupts into laughter as well. It seems to be like a very fun, very pleasant party going on right now. So now that you've taken in your surroundings, you see a little bit what, what's going on in the uh, ballroom itself. Is there any place you'd like to go and venture forth in the manor itself? Yeah, for sure. So I'm a little bit distracted by the fact that I'm pretty sure Lathander is a dude and not a woman. But I'm going to separate myself from this conversation and uh, I'm going to go up and talk to Vargan. Okay. So as you venture forth away from the party, uh, you make your way up to the double doors. Now, I meant to ask this right at the beginning. We're going to keep going with Filippo going into the ballroom. But Mickey, I know in the town you had your uh, detect magic up. Um, that you, do you? Can we just say that you have that up and running always since it's a free action for you, essentially? Yeah, the invocation is called Eldridge Sight. So if possible, yeah, she's just always has it on and glancing. Okay, always pinging. Okay, we'll get to Fleeple and then uh, we'll move from there. So Fleeple, as you walk into the main ballroom, it's very pretty. The polished walls of this room, they gleam in the light of hanging lamps shaped like celestial bodies. And the ceiling is painted with constellations all over. On the east wall is a long stage with a red velvet curtain closing off on a backstage area, but right now that curtain is open to five band members um, that seem to be playing a very, very joyful, mirthful melody that matches the room. Now, a portrait of Quill posing on a Shea lounge hangs on the north wall, though the image is seemingly a little bit distorted as if someone had smeared the paint right before it had dried. Now, the room has been decorated for this party with garland and wisteria, with small tables set about all around the room for hors d'oeuvres and drinks for people to come and to pick up and come and go as they please. And there seem to be a few ornamental weapons as well placed specifically around the room to give it a more regal and a full feeling as well. Now, this crowd, as I mentioned previously, is roughly 30 villagers large, all in their finest regalia, with Vargan directly in the center and the Beholder right in the middle as well, surrounded by all of these villagers, all laughing at their, their jokes and their stories and uh, having a good conversation with both of them. Now, everyone appears to be having a good time, with a few villagers dancing to the music being performed by the five members. Uh, you would like to push your way through the crowd to uh, approach Vargan? Indeed, I approach Vargan and the Beholder, and 
Uh, during kind of a lull in the conversation, I want to kind of tap the beholder on the chin, I guess. Uh, it has... It, it's just kind of floating there, so yeah, I'll, I'll tap the beholder on an area that I feel would be inoffensive to try and get his attention. Absolutely, and again, this beholder is just floating about five feet up off the ground. I jump to try and tap him. Yeah, so you, you have to jump and tap him, and as you do, he just quickly turns to you and goes, Mah! Good sir, you are most impressive, and my friends, they saw you and they really want to speak to you, but they're just, they're so timid. If you wouldn't, if it wouldn't be too much to ask, could you go out and say hello to my friends in the foyer for a moment? Mom, timidity is for the weak, the weak of heart. Ned, are you sending a beholder to us? I've got a plan. Don't worry. <laughs> you didn't tell anybody about this plan. We're all just standing there. If I, if I would have told Lance about my plan, he would have told me not to do it. So He's here the we chosen go. one. Don't worry. He's the chosen one. He'll have it all worked out. Timidity is for the weak. If they do not wish to join us in my domain, then perhaps they are not worthy guests for my estate. Here. Now tell me, you're no face around here. I've not seen you here before. What hail you by what name should I call thou pitiful creature by? Uh, well, some call me Jank. Mmm, Jank. A crude name for a crude animal. Mmm. You, you speak so truthfully, good sir. What might I call you? Mm, well, you may refer to me as Renacor the Great, ruler of Wisteria Vale, ruler of the manor, and leader of these people. And uh, as Renacor says this, Vargan actually pipes in and comes over and goes, <laughs> Oh, Renacor, you and your verbose language, you do know how to control a room. Why, yes, newcomer, turning towards you, Fleeple. Welcome to our party, good jank, sir. You are more than welcome to most, if not all, of the refreshments in the room. And he sort of, like, coyly puts up his hand and whispers to you, I hear the weenie dogs with bacon wrapped around them are the most finest dish here. <laughs> oh, goodness, my friend Lance would adore that so much, but he's so scared to come inside. Could you perhaps come out with me so I can introduce you to my friends? Oh, what a pity. They should be joining us here where there's a stage and there's glorious refreshment. Filippo, if you'd like to make a persuasion check, go ahead. Oh, I am definitely going to do that, and it's probably not going to be amazing. That's a 10, but I'm going to use a luck point now that I'm level 10. What? Ah. Oh, yeah. And that's a 7. Uh, yeah. Remind me with luck points. Can you use multiple luck points per instance? I don't believe you can. I believe it's just one luck point per instance. Okay. I think I have inspiration. I don't know 100% for sure if I have inspiration. I, I believe everybody has inspiration from that good role-playing. Mi uh, Mickey is uh, confirming there, and she is a source of truth. So, yes, you do have inspiration, which is different from luck. So you may roll again if you'd like. Okay, I'm going to use inspiration. I'm going to pat myself on the back. You got this, sport. You can do it, chosen one. As you're whispering from 50 feet away in the hallway... And that is an 11. Oh, one better. 
Fleeple, as you try to create this eloquent, like, persuasive argument for why either Renacor the Great or Vargan should follow you into the front room, the, one of the big reasons that's off-putting and you gain quite a bit of information from this interaction, is all of the portraits in the front room depicted Vargan as a beautiful-faced individual, but this Vargan here actually, for the most part, is still beautifully faced, except on his left side, he has a massive scar that goes directly from his hairline, from top to bottom, honestly, from his hairline all the way to his jaw. Um, and it's very old, very, uh, it's very distinct, and that's one reason that takes you aback. Just when you feel that you have crafted the perfect argument, however, that painting of Vargan himself that I mentioned in the north, you're a lot closer to it now. You're only about 30 feet away. And at, with your passive perception with 17, I believe it is? It is 18 now that I'm level 10. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. So with your passive perception being 18, a lot better than most of my characters' active perception have ever been in any of my Dungeons & Dragons campaigns, I mentioned that it seems like the paint was slightly smeared. And you look at the painting, and as you stare at it, you very distinctly see the painting uncross its legs, recross its legs the other way, and turn a page in its book while it adjusts its shirt. So the painting very distinctly moved before it settled back into this new posture. So your friends are too cowardly to join us here? <laughs> this reminds me of the time in the Underdark, where the great drow civilization tried to encroach in my domain. I fought them back with the And he just monologues and goes off and seems to draw the crowd and he forgets your existence is even there you being a very small creature compared to him now while this is going on i know brick you were intently looking and focusing on this interaction fleeple but mal as this is going on your detect magic just like pulsing sort of like a sonar around you within 30 feet of you there are some uh, there's some other information that you glean about where you currently are standing. In the room to your left, uh, again, there's a, a, a slight room that you saw the a butler go into, but then there's another room right next to the main hallway. There is a strong magic of conjuration coming from that room. And then similarly, in the east room, directly to your east, there seems to be a more formal waiting room there's also a f strong magical conjuration magic coming from in there as well as a evocation magic coming from there so there are some distinct magical pings that you get that are not necessarily the townsfolk that you got while you were in wisteria vale itself because you know that most of these uh most of these creatures are constructs and they're not actually really people um but those are the big new information that you gain in addition to the items that are already on your person which you are already aware about are the doors pinging for it or behind the doors coming from the rooms it is behind the doors the doors are not opened they are all closed but you know that there is some magic in those rooms itself. I'm going to turn to Malamara, and I'm going to be like, Malamara, what do we do here? Um, 
Fleeples talking to a really big thing that looks really scary. We need to stab that guy in the heart, but I don't know what to do. What do we do? What do we do here? What do we do? What do we do? And as Malamara would probably naturally turn to talk to Lance, Lance is not there. What? But she can't hear him. Mal looks around bewildered at this disembodied voice. Does my Eldridge sight ping Lance anywhere? It does. It pings his outline right where he was standing, but now he is invisible. Ooh, is this level 10 shenanigans? This is level 10 shenanigans. Oh, boy. Tenanigans. <laughs> all right, so Lance, you being uh, around, uh, the, the, you seem to all been caught in the moment here. Uh, if there's nothing else, I'll, I'll jump back to uh, Fleeple. Wait, if... I asked. I, I was asking Malamara a question. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, DM, don't get in the way of our story. Come on, DM, we're trying to have character interactions. I'm sorry, guys. Go ahead. Mal will, because she can see his outline, reach out and find what she assumes would be his shoulders. Uh, Lance, do, do you realize that you're invisible right now? What are you talking about? What are you... You're... <gasps> you're not... <gasps> yeah. <laughs> shh, 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 shh. Calm down, calm down. It's okay. It's okay. Okay, this may work for us. Oh I don't gosh. know why this happened, but this may work for... Shh. Oh my gosh! Just calm down. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> we know that Fleepo can handle himself. Why don't you and I go explore some um, and brick and mortar here? Mal will then turn back to our other two friends that are standing here. Why don't you go with Fleeple and make sure he doesn't try anything, I don't know, crazy? And just stay close to him and let's see the information we can gather while we're still at a party. And try not to let that thing eat us. Anything for you, chosen people. We gotcha, don't worry. Right then, Mortar is going to grab Brick and kind of like pick him up like a toddler on his side and dance with him and start dancing around the room closer to Fleeple. But he's going to try to be inconspicuous. Obviously not, but they're dancing. Okay, so trying to blend in with the crowd and trying to make your way over, not cause a ruckus, if you will. Okay, I'll allow a performance check. In fact, I will require a performance check for that. I'll I'll assist with that uh, by moving my feet. Yes, you will. You know, moving my dangling feet around like I am also dancing, even though I'm just in the air. You know, kind of lower half of my body swinging in the wind. <laughs> okay. All right, Mortar, go ahead and roll that performance check with advantage. I know Minotaurs for their charisma, so we have many, many charismatic Minotaurish friends. Can I give myself guidance? Uh, yes, you may. He, like, taps his shoulder with his horn. <laughs> and then I got a nine. <laughs> <laughs> so with advantage and guidance... Uh, Fleeple, as you are thinking about maybe slinking away from this conversation with Vargan and Renacor the Great, uh, you look over to those that are dancing, thinking maybe you can get lost in the shuffle over there, only to see this massive six and a half feet tall, right? Uh, Mortar, that's how tall you are, or are you seven feet tall? Seven feet. Seven feet tall minotaur with this dangling bushy, bushy, blonde bushy dwarf just trying to dance in the middle of the air and 
for some reason, Mortar's like humming to himself. My my armor, the the bottom half of my armor on my legs, it's starting to kind of like sag down and clank around as I swing around in the breeze, just making a lot more noise. Okay, not not very conspicuous, but at the same time, Renacor and Vargan don't seem to be detracted by this. They don't seem to be interested in your compatriots here or your newly found compatriots. So we seem to have uh, two different uh, situations going on at the, for the time being. We have everybody in the ballroom, um, and then we have everybody who is, uh, or then we have Lance and Mal who want to go investigate the manor. Is that correct? Fleeple, I know I think you were the only one that didn't get a a hearsay about where you'd like to end up. Yeah, so with these guys in there kind of causing a ruckus, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to grab Vargan by the sleeve and start moving in the direction of the table and just be like, oh, please do show me these bacon-wrapped sausages that you've been mentioning. Of course, yes. I would love to show... Excuse me, people. Excuse me. Always have time for a newcomer here. So, Renacor, you carry on without me. Yes, of course I will. Like, I need your help in this. And just kind of, like, mutters to himself. You are successfully able to pull him in this room towards the west side of the table here. As I'm moving him, uh, I just wanted to see if, like... The fact that that painting moved is giving me a little bit of pause to wondering if this is the real Vargan. Is there any way that I might be able to try and act on that impulse? Hmm. Insight check. I, I guess that pro- that might be the best way to go about it is an insight check, but maybe that might, uh, you might have to start a conversation with him up first, Fleeple. Uh, that's, that's a possible avenue that I see moving forward. Would you like to expound on it and maybe I can give you a little bit more information or maybe another direction as well? Or Yeah, so I'm going to kind of launch into a tirade and I want to be tracking like his facial expressions as I do, try and see if I can get a read on his response to this like spiel. And so as I start pulling him along, I'm like, well, you know, Vargin, this is such, it really is a beautiful place that you've got here. <laughs> please, please. Call me Quill. Oh, Quill. It's it's so lovely, just the, the people you've surrounded yourselves with, the velvets, the foods. But I just look in your soul and I see I see a weariness there. I see that you've been hurt in the past. I see that there is a I see that there is just a tiredness about you, that all of this that's surrounding you, it's glitzy, it's glamorous, it's very, very wonderful to look at and to be a part of, but I can't help wondering if maybe Vargin or Quill do excuse me, if maybe Quill there's something that you know, maybe you need to just take a bit of time to relax and let loose a little bit. Well, I have been relaxing here. I have been amongst my uh, my people here. This is my this is paradise for me. Why? Why? What is? But you look so tense. Here, why don't you here come and lie down next to this table here? Just get down on your back, and just don't move. I'll give you a nice little massage. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew Fleeple had a degree in psychology? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he does resist you pulling him down to the ground. He goes, does he? Does he? We'll get to this in just a moment. But first, uh, do, do I gain any insight from his responses to my tirade? 
Okay, go ahead and roll an insight check then. Much better than performance. That is going to be an 18. 18. Okay. Uh, as you are looking at him and just these, uh, his responses as he's staring at you with an 18, like uh, before you were worried about the beholder, you worried about your surroundings, but with you being able to just focus on his face and look at him directly the entire time, that smile that's plastered on does not change the entire time you speak with him. And when he laughs, it's ha <laughs> And then right back to that dashing smile. You are well aware, especially with an insight of 18, that there should be some sort of micro expressions. It, when anything is brought up of like getting tired, you know, like you brought up a wide range of like situations and he should be reacting to some of this, but his reactions, at least on a micro, micro level, are a bit unnatural. And in fact, they seem to remind you a little bit of some of the townsfolk in Wisteria Vale. Uh, okay, so with that knowledge, I drop what I was going to do, and instead, I'm going to just say, well, you know what, if you don't want a massage, that's fine, but uh, show me these cocktail weenies. Oh, yes, they're delectable. I have my, uh, uh, my butler here work on them. My butler, Damien, he, oh, he just knows how to wrap the bacon just so crisply and so succinctly around each little weenie dog, and oh, it's delicious. I'm getting some major Gilderoy Lockhart vibes from this guy. <laughs> I didn't put that in my notes at all. What are you speaking of? <laughs> <laughs> called out, called out. <laughs> it's a good thing. Okay, uh... So, Fleeple, any last-minute things before we hop over to Mal and... Yeah, I'll eat some of these cocktail weenies, and uh, I'm going to try and get a closer look at that painting. Sure thing. Okay, we'll come back to that. Mal and Lance. You're by yourself. Mal, you can see the outline of him with your detect magic, thankfully. But, Lance, you are invisible. And you're left in the main entryway here. You have a wide number of rooms that you can look at um, and you can even go upstairs if you so desire but what would you like to start looking at where would you like to go using brick and mortars nine on their performance to cause a distraction um, as they're entering into the the ballroom and kind of creating a distraction for us Lan or Malamara will grab Lance's invisible cloak and pull him into that room to the left that she detected that magic hopefully before somebody can see us going in there so using them as a distraction to get in there using the distraction of mortar and brick you do successfully slip into the room with lance being invisible open the door close it right behind you um and you shut the door feeling that nobody saw you so now this room that you're in it's roughly a 25 by 15 foot room it's actually just a dining room it's dimly lit by golden candelabra resting atop a rectangular dining table and at there are six distinct places set all of them with silver that is most pristine silver uh, utensils silver goblets silver plates even even uh, some of the uh, napkin holders are silver itself and it is very very nice it's a very like fancy place to sit but on that west wall 
hangs a large painting of an opulent banquet in Mal. That is what is pinging a magical presence. Ironically as well, not inside of this room, but since you have moved closer to the ballroom, you also sense the familiar ping of the commoners or the village folk, but there is a distinct illusion magical presence in the ballroom area that you can feel since it is within 30 feet of you. But maybe that's for another time because you are in this room and you have no windows or access into the ballroom itself, but what do you do as you with this information before you? Maramara, why are we in this room? I'm not hungry. We don't need to eat. What are we doing? Do you see the painting on the wall? I'll point up to it. This is pinging for very strong magic. Okay. And I wanted to understand what was going on, and I was hoping that maybe there might be something more in here, which there isn't. So let's find out what's going on with this painting, and then what do you think about figuring out what's going on in the manor while the others are in the ballroom? Because I don't know about you, but I don't particularly want to be around all of those people. You don't feel like you want to be around those people, so I wonder if we could just be some sneaky and look around at some and investigate some stuff while they're dealing with the town people. Wait a minute. Hold the fantasy phone. You're telling me Maramara, the barbarian warlock, wants to be sneaky? Less about being sneaky, more about just not wanting to be around the people. Oh, no, 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 no. You specifically just specified being sneaky, which, if I recall from a while ago, you said is the coward's way. Mal will ignore that comment. (laughs) (laughs) Walk past his invisible body and go and examine the painting. I'm invisibly smiling right now. (laughs) Now, Mal, how would you like to investigate this painting? That's a great question. I want to look at it with my eyes. And uh, <laughs> hopefully uh, Lance would like to come investigate it with me. Yes, I will since, follow. Since uh, my investigation is not that great. Okay, cool. I just didn't know if you like wanted to use some tools or like people come with all, all sorts of creative ways to investigate stuff. For Malamara, see if there's any reason that she can detect that would be a reason that this painting would be giving off this magical sense and then let Lance do more of a physical examination of the painting. Lance will will do a physical examination of the painting. He'll look to see its structure, to see if there's something possibly behind it, but also he wants to compare the painting itself to the room we're in because you said it's very much like the room we're in. And I want to see what specific differences can I find in those two paintings if there's things that really obviously stand out like that's not there, what's going on? Well, this picture of a banquet, uh, the painting itself, for the most part, the only thing that seems to mirror um, what is in the image from what is in the room is the table itself. You can't see a door uh, from the painting. There's no walls. It just seems to be like this banquet table in like a black void. However, in the painting, there are actual, there's actual food on the table. Like somebody is about to start dinner and all that you need are the participants to sit around the six uh, plates. Um, All the fine silver, the candelabras, they're also lit like they are in the room that you are in. And uh, there are a variety of foods on there. There is, uh, for instance, candy yams, uh, 
peppers, you know? Like, it seems to be like appetizer food, not necessarily like meats and like, you know, uh, things like that. But um, you've got like some kebabs, some maybe like some eggs in a bowl, things of that nature. Before uh, too long, however, it's very clear that while looking at this painting, it seems very natural and but then both of you like cock your head at the same time and you notice that the fire in the painting on the candles it's also flickering itself but this is a painting and those candles are definitely lit and the candles on the table in the room we're in are lit or are not lit they are lit as well i'm gonna walk up to one of the candles and snuff one of them out as you do and you look back to the painting all candles in the painting are still lit We've already been sucked into one facet of literature. Do you think maybe this painting is a portal of some kind that would suck us into perhaps another mirror of this room? Why don't you go ahead and touch it? I would happily. I just want to make sure that you were on board with that plan. I would be delighted for you to do that. Mal will go up and see if touching the painting has a Super Mario effect on it. If it ripples, like, <laughs> you can go through the painting. 64, baby. Super Mario 64, oh yeah. Um, as you go up to the painting, um, you don't sense any ripples uh, as you're, like, walking up to it. But the moment you touch it, you blink and you're no longer in the room with Lance. <laughs> what did Lance see? What did Lance see? Well, before we get to what Lance saw, and you, you're looking at your finger where you touched it, and you blink, and all of a sudden there's not a painting in front of you. There's the actual banquet table. And just like the painting, this table is in a black void that has substance, and you can stand on it, but the only light is illuminating from the candles itself. Lance, while you were in that room with Mal... You saw her go and touch it, and as soon as you saw her touch it, her form disappears. And then five seconds later, reappears in the painting. Oh my gosh, Malamara's paint now. <laughs> and Mal, as you are looking at your surroundings and you are examining this room, you look behind you and you see a painting of the room that Lance is in. And you see that Lance is there. Well, actually, no, I'm you don't, because he's invisible. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't see Lance there, and your magic doesn't ping Lance through the painting, but you know that the painting is Conjuration as well still. And, but it is the same room, and only one of the candles in the painting that you're looking at is lit. Uh, it seems to be maybe some sort of portal or doorway back into the manor. Mal will then touch the painting to see if it does teleport her back into the room with Lance. As you touch the almost the same exact spot, you blink and you're right back in the room with Lance. Oh my gosh! Come on. And Mal will grab his invisible hand and touch the painting at the same time as she does to go through. <laughs> Both of you go through the painting into the black void. And at this time, we're going to hop back over to Fleeple, leaving a little bit of a cliffhanger there. Fleeple, you wanted to make your way over to the new painting. Brick and mortar, is there anything that you're trying to do in this room to um, assist? I know you were... But um, that's been a few minutes now. 
as we're dancing around, I'll just whisper in Morty's big old ear, I trust you, brother. What's the plan? I was hoping you'd have one. You're the quicker brother. We are such a party of idiots. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, the, the little chosen one needs some backup, right? Yes. What kind of backup should we be? Like, friends who are the wingman type? Or more like his bodyguards? Are we trying to get Fleeple a date? <laughs> I think bodyguards might be more of what we're going for, but maybe like on the sly. At that moment, Mortar drops Sprick <laughs> and assumes a bodyguard-like position and just starts stalking towards Fleeple. So as both Brick and Mortar, they go from the east side of the room to the west side of the room because you are on different side of the rooms and being like, all right, we have a mission. We're going to be bodyguards now. You pass by this beholder and you don't have to walk near the beholder by any means because there is it is quite a large room. In fact, it's probably I forgot to mention earlier, but it's about a 40 by 60 foot room here. As you were passing by, Reniker goes, That's when I had to abandon my fighting pit because of an unknown explosion. And and there was just, ah, it was terrible. But I had some of the worthiest, worthiest contenders in my pit in the underdark. I even had a minotaur creature that I could call my own. And, ah, he was, he was my champion. I found him when I was, he was just a youth. <gasps> Morty stops right then and turns to Brick. <laughs> I heard it. I heard it, Morty. And the rage starts to rise within me like a thermometer, just the red going all the way up through his nose to the top of his bald, not bald head, his hairy head. <laughs> his So the blonde hair is turning bright red right now, is what you're saying? (laughs) The skin underneath, you can kind of see it glowing through the hair. And Fleeple, as you try to investigate this painting, your passive perception is enough to see through walls at this point. So um, it's very clear that there's been some sort of reaction from brick and mortar as they've been passing by this beholder just uh, 30 feet away from you. And they both stop and are looking at the beholder with this building rage, a rage similar to what you've seen in Mal as well. But mortar, you stopped in your tracks did you have a plan or a response to what's going on? Not to be cliche, but he's doing exactly what his brother's doing. He is going red and just building up rage. Okay. There seems to be some sort of like frothing at the mouth from Mortar in particular Fleeple that you see and you see that this, uh, the the mannerism of brick and mortar are starting to slowly change as uh, they stand, they are close to this beholder itself. Um, would you like to intervene or uh, anybody want to take an inciting action at this moment if we're in any direction? Well, where is all the red coming from that's going into their faces? It's coming out of Fleeple because he's turning very pale, doesn't want any <laughs> part of this battle. And Fleeple's just going to climb into that painting because that's what he thinks is going to happen if he touches it. Oh, interesting. 
So situationally, I think Fleeple deserves a stealth check at this point to try and like be like, oh boy, and just kind of like sneak away. So Fleeple, go into a stealth check first, and then that will determine some things that resolve. All right. Well, before I do that, I'm going to cast Pass Without Trace, and then I'm going to guidance myself. Oh, okay. All right. So my stealth, this, this is a lot of numbers. Give me just a moment. So that's 14 plus 3 stealth plus 3 guidance plus 10 pass without trace. So that's 30. So Fleeple, as you see the as you see the red growing in brick and mortar and you feel the red draining from your body, you're like, well, let's go with this. And you just snap your fingers and you let the red completely like, almost disappeared where you go opaque and you sort of blend into like the white walls around this room. And as you blend into the white walls, you just like, uh, you go basically chameleon here um, and you go over and in fact, with that 30, Fleeple, you're able to go and boop, touch the painting. And as you do, the same thing happens. You disappear from existence. But brick and mortar, you do not see Fleeple anymore. So mortar, you had some actions or some so fo- some follow-up questions, right? I was wondering if mortar can fill his god right now, goddess, <laughs> or not, because that would change what he does right now. Go and roll me a religion check. That's a seven. Mortar as this beholder is speaking about your past. And you feel very strongly that it is your past. You have those flashes of when you were young, in the ring, wielding a new weapon, just fighting to survive. And then the final battle where you met Brick in the ring itself before both of you were able to escape. And the only thing you feel right now is that same rage that carried you through the first 30 years of your life that kept you alive and kept you moving and you feel just anger and just rage you said that the last flash of memory was brick so am i feeling love as well i mean you always feel the love for your brother brick but you two were put in that ring to fight against each other when you could have met outside of that ring and why were you have to why did you have to go into that ring in the first place? Why did you have to fight and why did you have to survive like that? Oh, and there is no holy presence in your heart for the time being. Then Mortar looking at him takes a step towards him, holding onto Brick's arm, and says, You want to see your champion? Here he is. And with that, he's going to look at Brick and make this eye contact that only brothers would understand from each other as they do a dual spell together. Of course. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> it's a good thing brick and mortar are guest characters because now I don't have to feel bad about them getting killed by a beholder. <laughs> so we're going to pause what that dual spell is and we're going to jump to Fleeple who stealthed into this image of Vagrin Quill. And Fleeple, as you disappear from the ballroom and the magic disappears behind you 
You find yourself in a fairly comfy room, actually. Let's just talk to Mal and saying, look, we have to be careful. We have to be, we have to be very cautious. We don't want to do anything outright, you know, obvious or dangerous to start a fight with any being, you know? I, I imagine the others are, are being just as careful. <laughs> so, Fleeple, as you pop into this room, it's very cozy. There's a fire on the east side there, and uh, you can smell rich mahogany in the air, and uh, you see books on these bookshelves and uh, some dim reading light, uh, and you see an individual who seems oddly like Vargan Quill sitting on this rich, plush armchair uh, with a uh, red velvet smoking jacket on. But this quill, already from just first glances, seems night and day difference from the quill you saw. There is no obvious smile on his face as he reads a book. There's still the scar, and his physically looks exactly the same. But as you pop into existence, he perks up almost immediately and looks at you, and his face is full of wonder and awe. But after staring at you for a few seconds, he quickly becomes guarded and he tilts his head sort of away from you looking and he narrows his eyes and he looks at you suspiciously Vargin I have been trying so hard to find you you've built this wonderful beautiful place but what I really wanted was to find the core the center of all of the wonder that's happened here all of my friends are out there still distracted by everything that's going on. You've got a, a marvelous beholder out there, a beholder that can tell wonderful stories and command attention like nobody's business. I mean, I, have, I honestly have no idea where Mal and Lance are, but I'm sure they're fine at the moment. But I just need to commend you right now for the wonderful place that you have built here. There's a lot of joy and there's a lot of happiness here, I'm sure. But I do worry about if there's all of this joy and happiness, is it just a front for something? Is it just, is there a person behind all of the whimsy and all of the glitz and all of the glamour and all of the shininess that just needs a little bit of attention? So Vargin, I would love it if you would just lay down on the floor on your back there and don't move and I'll give you a little bit of a massage. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm talking to the real Vargan, presumably. So I timed myself just barely. That little tirade took one minute, which is the casting time for the spell Gaius, which I learned as one of my oh. fifth level spells when I became level 10. So I need Vargan to make a wisdom saving throw or else he is going to lie down on the floor and not move. Yeah, I was like, that's this cool, quite quite long-winded there, Ned, but now I understand why. Well, I just was checking to see if Quill ha knows the counterspell spell, but he does not. So, wisdom saving throw, you say? Yep, that is a wisdom saving throw, DC 16. <sighs> 10th level spells. Not 10th level, but... Spells you get at 10th level. All right, wisdom saving throw. He rolled a 17. Oh, honey. Oh. As the, the magic seems to be bolstered by every word that you're saying over and over and, and uh, continuing forward during this entire minute where he becomes entranced by it. When, if he succeeds, then the spell fails, correct? That is correct. Oh. 
right before you finish casting the spell with his wisdom saving throw, he puts his finger up and sort of like tisks at you and goes, now I don't know who you are, stranger, but I will applaud your cleverness here, trying to get me to lay down so you can give me a massage, as it were, as he does finger quotes in the air. He has put his book down and he is now standing about 20 feet from you. Who are you? And more importantly, how did you get into this picture? That picture is supposed to be guarded at every which way by Renacor. Well, you could say I'm a bit of a master of shape-shifting and I cast Polymorph on him. Oh! <laughs> okay! <laughs> um, what sort of a save is that? Yeah, that's another DC 16 wisdom saving throw. Well, the 21. Ooh, this guy's good. You, Ooh, this boy. guy's gonna kill you. <laughs> and he goes, uh, as the polymorph emanates from you. And sort of like this, this greenish energy, like, swirls towards him. He sort of, like, catches it in the air and just, like, bats it away and goes, Now hold a second! You come in here and you try to attack me when I'm already in prison? Tell me, what's your game? What are you getting at? I'm here to get you out of prison, but I was told that you viewed everybody close to you as an enemy. And as you can see right now, from my perspective, for good reason. <sighs> I can get you out of here. Oh, really? How how do you propose that? How can one single person get me out of here and, and save me from Renacor the Beholder, the one who encroached in my manner, who showed up one day, randomly, out of the blue, and disrupted my paradise? The Harpers have promised a cure. <sighs> and as soon as you say the Harpers, he grimaces, he like, his face turns to rage and goes, the Harpers, curse the Harpers. Curse them and all of their descendants. They're the ones that trapped me here in the first place. Well, I'd, I'd bring the hoppers down if I had the chance. I would pull them from the... You know what they said to me? They said they were banishing me for my own good. And he sort of lifts both of his hands into the air. Does it look like this is for my own good? Does it look like I am being saved here? And he's just frustrated and just starts walking around the room and started pacing the room over and over in a circle. I just really want to cast Polymorph on this guy again. But I feel like I should try and, like, befriend him. I'm going to pull some salami out of my pack because it hasn't failed me yet. <laughs> and I'm going, to, I'm going to walk up to Vargan and say, Now, now. I, I think we can come to an agreement here, and I'm going to offer him the salami. I'm going to make you roll a persuasion check. Ooh, you got this, sport. That's a modded 20. Ooh, I was going to say, he in his mind, he's been attacked a couple times, and who knows if this salami's poisoned or going to knock him unconscious, but as you, with a modded 20, uh, casting guidance on yourself, you offer this salami up to him, and as he looks down at it, looks it over at you, a uh, tense five seconds passes before he slowly grabs the piece of salami out of your hand, <laughs> sniffs it, sort of like looks at it in the light, makes sure that there's nothing dripping off of it. It's soprasata. And with that, he goes, oh my, we don't have soprasata here. And he pops it in his mouth then. Well, now you do. 
And with that, he, like, closes his eyes and visibly, like, exhales in uh, just joy of, like, some new food is being offered to him. Just like, you have no idea how much I've had to eat those weenies with bacon wrapped around them. And there's just no variety at all. It's just the same thing every single day. I mean, they are tasty, but I can see how it could get old after a while. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, if he just had... Even if it was like a breakfast sausage, it would be so much more enjoyable. But here, give me another piece of that. And he, uh, as you give another piece, he seems to have let his guard down slightly, still cautious of you, Fleeple, but a little bit less guarded around you. Is, uh, is there a last thing you wanted to do with him before we jump to Lance and Mal? I lean in close to him and I say, Quill, do you need us to kill that beholder for you? If you get me out of here, I'll help you kill that beholder. And I grin. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll hop over to Lance and Mal. Lance and Mal, both of you pop into this painting of a banquet before you. And as you pop into this banquet before you, as I mentioned, there are six main dishes scattered on this banquet table. It's a, it's quite large. It's a lot larger than it was uh, visually from the other room. Um, it's about 15 feet long. Um, some distinct dishes. I imagine you go around and look at each of the dishes, or are you being extra cautious here? Mal doesn't have any have any reason to feel cautious in any way and so just I think exploring what's on the table and the items that are in this room and for Mal she's more interested in the boundaries of the room versus what's in the room sure absolutely Uh, Lance same situation Uh, Lance wants to investigate the table if there's anything other than food or dishes like if there's any indication of a person being here or letters or some kind of indication of this being more than just a place to eat Okay, so Lance, you go and roll me an investigation check, but m- while he's doing that, Mal, you investigate the borders of this room, and as you, you actually do find walls, and they are a little bit dis- uh, ways away, but you can, from very simply, just within a few minutes of walking, you can gauge that this is actually a 30 by 30 room, 30 foot room, um, just all the walls are completely black, and as you trace the walls with your hand, careful not to touch the painting to jump out of this room, you actually notice two distinct places where the walls are different. They're not stone. They're actually wood, and they're wooden doors. You don't open them quite yet because you want to make sure that you investigate the door, but they seem to be on either side. If 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 we were just thinking the back of the room is north, the painting is south, uh, they'd be on the east and the west side, seemingly moving into different rooms themselves. Um but uh, you not opening them yet until you can uh, collaborate with Lance. Lance, what'd you get for your investigation check? 15. 15. Uh, easy enough, Lance. You don't. You make sure not to touch anything as this touching the painting brought you into this painting itself. You don't want to accidentally go into a piece of food, you know, or things like that, um, unless you are specifically making sure that you're touching these items. You... It's just kind of sniff around, look around, and investigate. This table is pristine and clean. There doesn't seem to be any dust in here. Um, and it looks like it was just cleaned and the food was set. There is no indication of human or un- inhuman life that has disturbed any of this. And this food, while you go over to it and smell it, this food is real. 
and it's very fresh. Like it's not moldy, it's not uh, crusty, it's not uh, old. But the the different foods that you do see scattered about. One is a there's a bowl of can- plate of candied yams. There's a bowl of cheese stuffed peppers. Uh, some jerk frog legs in another bowl. Uh, another one has salted cockatrice eggs. Um, pl- some plates have sturge burgers, and then finally another plate has veggie kebabs on it. I will pick up a vet. I will pick up a veggie kebab. Okay. Uh, as you pick it up, smells fresh. And I'll just carry it over to Mal as Mal sees a kebab bobbing back and forth toward her because <laughs> I'm still invisible. <laughs> All right. You come together and you share your information with one another. But with this, um, how'd you like to proceed or what'd you like to do with this room? Do the wood doors ping for magic at all? Uh, they do. Conjuration as well. Um, I will share the information with the bobbing kebab. Should we look at these doors or do you want to try and go back through the painting? What do you think? Uh, let's look at the doors and then I do want to see if something can come out of the painting. Um, so I'd say let's check out the doors first, and then we'll head on out and see what our friends are up to. I think that's a great idea. We've been we've been away from them for a while, so you take that door, I'll take this door. Why don't we just peek our heads through real quick, and then we'll try and take that kebab with us out through the painting. Let me inspect them for traps first. Okay. So uh, with the kebab that you've got, uh, you just sort of set it off to the side. Uh, but go ahead and roll me a investigation check twice, one for each door. We'll say you do the east door first and then the west door second. Um, go ahead and roll investigation check. Or, uh, yeah, investigation check. First roll is 25. 25. Um this door does not seem to be trapped in any way however it doesn't seem to be used very often but as you go to check it feeling very confident it's not trapped it's not locked either so you could open it freely and swing it open the other one was a 19 19 very similar um this one uh it does have a little bit of resistance as you try to like jostle the door but you could open it as well as you turn the knob so both door, neither doors seem to be trapped, and both seem like they can be opened. Let's do it one at a time, just in case it's another portal thing, and we don't want to get sucked to two places at once. Sounds good. So let's do the door on the left. The west side door. Okay. So as both of you are on the west side door, you open it, and... And immediately as you open the door, you get a whiff of outside like ah grass trees like like it's uh damp air and you hear birds chirping and as you peek your head in it doesn't look like you're being sucked into this room necessarily but this room does seem to be a forested area this is very well lit and from what you can gauge uh, you just poke your head into the left and to the right it is a self-contained room but the, the walls are made to uh, look like it extends further than it actually is. Uh, the biggest example is if you look to the right and you touch the wall on the inside of the other room, it's got it's painted uh, with fo- foliage on it. Looking to the south of that room is another painting, and that painting depicts a very nice, um, comfortable uh, sitting room with a fire in there, um, but no people in that painting in particular. Uh, go and both of you roll and roll me a perception check. 
Six. Yeah, six actually for me too. <laughs> <laughs> so both of you are like, okay, a wildlife enclosure and a painting and a demiplane. Nothing weird about that. Do you shut this door before going to the other door? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, sounds good. So you just and just shut it, and you go back to the other door and you open this. And Fleeple, as you are sort of like uh, grinning wide uh, with a big smile on your face, Lance and Mal, or rather just Mal, you just see Mal, <laughs> uh, open a door to the west on the west side next to a bookcase, and you see them looking at you, or Mal looking at you, and a floating veggie kebab right next to her face as both objects, Mal's head and the veggie kebab, peek into the room to see what's going on, and both of you see that, oh, there's Fleeple, and oh, there's Mal. And Quill goes, so I see that you are not alone then, little one. My mouth instantly starts watering when I see the veggie kebab, and I regret the room that I walked into, but I shake my head and snap myself out of it and say, yes, we've got we've got five of us in total that we can help to kill that beholder. Well... Uh, by the way, I wouldn't eat that, necessarily. It gives you quite a bit of indigestion. Good to know. Mal will take the kebab out of his hand. <laughs> uh, I assume there's somebody there as... I mean, no, no, there's no... <laughs> you really have to uh, learn how to be invisible uh, if you're going to use the spell properly. Flapel, I'm here, but I'm not here. <laughs> well, if we are going to attack Renacor, then some of those items in that room might assist us, actually. What do you mean? Uh, well, I've never needed to use them up to this point, because I've never, you know, been attacked in my own manner, except when Renacor banished me here. But, uh, I do believe some of those items can grant, uh, enhanced abilities to whoever eats them. But you have to, but you have to be careful about which ones you eat. Invisible One, if you go get the frog legs the eggs and the Sturge burgers I think we'll be able to prepare a little bit more for the battle Mal nods and as she backs out of the room to Fleeple she mouths who is that? That Vargas? That him? Thumbs up, and thumbs like, up, in the nod, chest. nod, nod Yeah <laughs> In the chest <laughs> Stab in the chest Yeah. By the way, did you know Fleeple gives wonderful massages? You should really ask him about one I already know he tried. He tried to force me, and it didn't turn out well. And like I have to say, I, you're lucky he had some sausage. As all of you come into this uh, room, Quill just goes, "Well, actually, why don't I join you in that room over there?" Uh, I actually was unable to open these doors myself, but now that you have, I am free to walk through. So thank you very much, uh, Invisible Ghost Specter Thingy Majig. And so he walks into the dining room. He walks over to them and he starts to grab some of these items and goes, all right, here. And he starts to eat each of these items that he mentioned, the frog legs, the eggs, and the sturge burgers. And it's quite a lot to eat. So, I mean, it takes him a few minutes, but um, do all of you uh, follow after, take suit? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna gorge myself. I will be the last to do it, but I will do it. I just want to make sure that it's not nefarious. All right, and Mel? I mean, if everyone else is, I guess. It's the coolest. So, when you eat Sturge Burgers, all four of you gain 10 temporary hit points. 
When you eat the salted cockatrice eggs, all of you gain an immunity to petrification for the next hour. And finally, the jerk frog legs, each of you gains the benefit of the jump spell for the next hour or until it is dispelled. So with that, Quill goes, all right, now to business. Are we going to take down this beholder together? Ah, uh, was that the is deal? That, is, is, is that absolutely necessary? I think we should hop to it. And I just jump really high. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I feel like I feel like there's a lot easier of a way to do this. I mean, I mean, Fleeple, did we try the easier way? Uh, should I offer the beholder a massage? No, no, the other the other easy way, the uh, the way that we came in with, the, the plan that we came in Are with. Are you referring to when he tried to cast Gaius on me and get me to do his bidding? Yes, he did try that, and it failed no, miserably. No, not that. It's just we wanted to really get to the heart of the matter, um, you know, just really, really take a take a stab at a, at a better way of doing things. Um... You know, that's the second time that phraseology has been used today. What are you getting at here, both of you? How distracted is Vargan right now? He is very on edge. No, I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, like, Fleeple, Fleeple, did we try every avenue before having to fight a, a beholder thing to get Vargas out of here? Uh, I'm going to... Mm, you know what? I'm... I'm going to walk up to Lance, and I'm going to... I am invisible. <laughs> yeah, but I hear your voice, because you're you do, talking you do, yes. to me. But I'm very mysterious. I'm going to reach into my bag, and I'm going to pull out uh, a little bundle. I've got some cloth wrapped around my soprasada, and also inside that is wrapped the dagger. And I'm going to hand that to Lance, and I'm going to say, Yes, we, we tried the salami. It worked out quite well. That's not... Okay, well, and as I take it, I'm going to be... Obviously, I probably would feel what he's handing me as well as Salami and be like, Ah, well, I will then hold on to this, just in cases. Yes, yeah, somebody is somebody around here is much better at getting to the heart of the situation than I am, per se. Gotcha. Um, Look, if we want to resolve this issue in a timely manner, I suspect that Renacor will know that I have escaped the prison he has put me in soon enough. So the time to act is now. All right, we will go, and we have two other friends who hopefully have kept it on the DL. So we'll see how we can get them involved in this. Well, if they're anything like you, I'm sure that they're incredibly inconspicuous. And with that... Brick, Mortar, what, what's going on? Mortar has just turned toward me with that brotherly look in his eyes, and I know exactly what to do. And I think it is, I, I misunderstand him completely. And I say, Mortar, you know exactly what you mean. I've been waiting to do this for a long time. <laughs> And I raise my warhammer and expend the ability that I have once a day with it. And I hit the ground and deal 18 points of damage to every foe within 30 feet of me. Okay. As you... Uh, is there a saving throw for that? or is No, it's just automatic damage, isn't it? I think it is a saving throw of 17. But if they fail, they take half. Okay. Dexterity, right? Yes. Okay. 
uh, as you explode into the room, uh, this just thunderous wave uh, reverberates, and actually, in the painting uh, of the banquet hall, the Jank Squad, you hear this as well. You hear because it is so loud, it emanates through the entire manor, and 18 points of damage just explodes out of brick and mortar as they both are just standing next to each other. Villagers just in a 30-foot radius, you said? Yes. Oh, wow. Every single person in this room, with the exception of the band on the stage, instantly they all just fall back on their backs and just (laughs) clatter to the ground. All of the illusion on them disappears to reveal them to be wooden mannequins that were set up as a construct of this magical uh, world of Wisteria Vale to perpetuate this lie. And in fact, Quill himself being next to uh, Renacor also clatters to the ground in a mannequin as well, the illusion magic fading from him and hit disappearing, uh, his fine suit still on the mannequin body itself, but clatters to the ground. And the only creature standing, or rather floating in this room, other than the band on the stage, just slowly turns around and looks at you. Ooh, if they, uh, it probably doesn't apply to a beholder. If they do fail, they're also not prone. Uh, I would say it doesn't apply to this beholder here because he floats. As he slowly turns around, he looks at you, all ten eyes looking directly at the two of you in the direction. And he goes, I welcome you into my domain, and you treat me with violence! And that is where we're going to end this week's episode. Oh, man. Wow. Uh, when, when it came down to it, Fleeple, like, he likes this guy too much. Fleeple can't stab this guy in the heart now. I feel like I've but known Lance him. Can. It doesn't kill him. He's supposed to go right <laughs> out of the book. <laughs> It's saving him. Stab him to save him. Once Fleeple has shared a salami with somebody, you know, they're instant pals. Yeah, it goes from <laughs> hey, being a cold killer bread. to best friends. There you go. Oh, man. So, such good stuff going on here. And uh, who saw uh, Brick and Mortar initiating the battle? I did. Everybody? I okay. 100% Everybody did. but me. I 100% Love it. thought the guys who have clear. been tricked and pissed off this boulder. <laughs> that was, yeah. That, that, was very, that was very clear. They're coming in hot. <laughs> oh, gosh. Thomas, I actually thought you did know that because you made a point that Mortar heard his past life, and I was like, well, Mortar is trying this to kill is this happening beholder. Now. Heather tried to find it out. She's like, I'm feeling brotherly love. And you're like, nope, Nope. just hate. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, all right. As the DM, I I will take this blame. Or glory? Uh, No. Anyway. I mean, we did completely circumvent the entire battle training session from last session. We did. That's true. I think it's only fair. (laughs) That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, Well, we'll see what happens 
in this next in our next episode of iCast Fireball. Everybody, thank you so much for listening and joining us this week on our special guest episodes here with Heather and Caleb. Thank you so much for joining us again. But we hope that all of you have enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed playing. I personally am loving getting to use a beholder in a role-playing situation and it seems in a battle situation as well in the next episodes. But wherever you get your podcast from, please leave us a review. It helps boost our ratings, lets us know that you like what we're doing, and it puts us in other people's recommended feeds so that they too can find and discover all the joys of iCast Fireball. If you want to write something a little bit longer than a review, shoot us an email at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we just love hearing what you've got going on in your own D&D games or uh, inspiration you might have pulled from one of our plays here. And we're hoping to get the word out there and set this podcast on fire. Now, to get the most recent up-to-date content from all of us here, as always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter with the handle iCastFireball20. You can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes. Uh, I might be sharing some screenshots of rooms that the adventurers might have missed. A peek behind the DM screen, if you will. But regardless, you can get behind-the-scenes shots of us making this incredibly fun world. As always, we've got our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, run by Ned here. And Caleb's actually uh, a cast member on some of those campaigns. If you like hearing from Caleb or Ned or just uh, additional tabletop systems that are not D&D, this is the Fate Accelerated tabletop system that they're using there. Um, And I believe some Avatar Legends tabletop uh, content as well. Go and give them a listen. Don't forget to leave them a five-star review as well. Lastly, like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow Wacky Adventurers. Until next time, I'm Thomas, your DM, and around the table, we've got... Malamara. Lance Thalen. Fleeple. Mordaragunamin. And Brick. Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time. <laughs> <laughs>